Welcome to Talking Industrial Automation presented by The Reynolds Company, an authorized distributor for Rockwell Automation. This show features conversations with the automation specialists from The Reynolds Company, explaining the evolving landscape of products, services, and solutions for industrial controls and automation. Now, on with today's episode. Welcome to the Industrial Automation Podcast from The Reynolds Company. I am Wayne Welk, your host for this episode. Today, I will be joined by Brandon Singh, one of our networking specialists, as we present part two of our industrial networking series, a look at managed Ethernet switches and the Stratix portfolio from Rockwell Automation. In part one, we discuss the physical media used on the plant floor, and over the next several episodes, we will continue to have topics on industrial networking and the converged plant-wide Ethernet, or CPWE. In this episode, we will discuss about layer two access switches, commonly used on the plant floor. Be sure to check the show notes for links to more information about the Stratix products we will talk about in this episode. We will include a link to our webinar series that is also covering industrial networking. Those recent seminars are posted to our YouTube channel. Now, let's welcome Brandon to the podcast. Joining me today for this discussion is Brandon Singh, a networking specialist with the Reynolds Company in Dallas. Welcome, Brandon. Well, thank you for having me, Wayne. Thank you. And um, my understanding is you actually have some IT background uh, versus those of us who are nothing but OT specialists. So want to explain a little bit about your background and what brought you to the Reynolds Company? Actually, I was a network engineer, traditional enterprise network engineer for a nonprofit in Dallas. I was their lead network engineer, helped set up multi-site locations, etc. And I actually was one of the recruiters that uh, TRC uses reached out to me and said he has an interesting challenge for me. And I've never been one to back down from a challenge. So nine months later, here I am. Yeah, that's one of the things I've definitely learned over the last couple of years is the IT skills. It's something I've had to really just kind of teach myself with all the prevalence of Ethernet now on the, on the plan floor. We have to really understand that better. And that's the true convergence. So so yeah, it's a great fit to have you here with the industrial automation team. So let's kind of start with that and kind of pulling from your IT background is just a managed switch versus an unmanaged switch. And what's the difference and why should why should we use managed switches on the plant floor? So the main difference between an unmanaged switch and a managed switch is, and you hear this a lot, and most people don't understand it, is you have a dumb switch and a smart switch. And what that means is, is an unmanaged switch, a lot of people refer to as a dumb switch, and a managed switch, a lot of people refer to as a smart switch. With the managed switches, you're able to actually configure the switch. You can program how you want traffic to be delivered and in what order. Because essentially what a switch does versus managed or unmanaged is you have controller that's you know sending data across the network. The switch looks at that packet of information and then sees where it's going and sends it on its way. And it also works for uh, IP cameras. It works for IP phones, computers, laptops, desktops, etc. Uh, TVs, smart TVs. So all of those things send packets across the network, and the switch just looks at the packet and sends and send it to the correct location. Where the differences come in is on, as I was saying, with a managed switch, you can go program. I want my compact logics information to be the first thing that gets sent, and I want my camera information to be the last thing that gets sent. 
So you have a priority order. So even if the camera is sending 100 packets to three packets of the compact logics, your compact logics three packets are going to get sent before those 100 packets of camera information. Whereas an unmanaged switch is going to look at whatever came in first and send it on the way. So if those, if 97 of the 100 camera packets came in before, you know, your controller packets, you're going to get a bunch of camera information before you actually see what's going on with the controller. Yeah, no, and, and first of all, industrial automation, uptime and the equipment having, you know, having the response to the equipment is, is of the most importance, right, in your, in your control schemes. Yes, that's the most important. So being able to control it and configure it is one of the best things. Prevent, you know, broadcast storms where you have a flood of traffic onto information where an unmanaged switch doesn't have the capability of stopping that from happening. It's going to attempt to sort those packets and send it where it needs to go. And if it gets overloaded, it will cause a fault and shut everything down, or it will have to reboot itself. Whereas a a managed switch has certain technology in it where it can prevent that from happening because it's been programmed into it. You can set the alerts, you can set traffic number and limitations so it knows to prevent things like that from happening. So you'd never have that uptime issue with unwanted broadcast storms. Yeah, that's good. So traffic optimization and prevention of network storms, which are very important. And I suppose security too would be um, an advantage of a managed switch over unmanaged. Yes. Yes. Security is one of the top things you can do because you can go in with security and you can lock out an unopened, you know, port that you're not using. You could go in and both manage and unmanage switch. You can use a physical lockout, but as far as the actual programming of the switch, you can go in and turn off that port. So if you've got a 12 port switch, but you're only utilizing eight out of eight ports, you can go into the configuration and turn off those other four ports you're not using, whereas an unmanaged switch, you're unable to do that. So anybody can walk in on the plant floor and just plug something into that and create an unnecessary broadcast storm. Whereas on a managed switch, even if they attempted to plug into it, because you have that port turned off, it's not going to do anything. The switch is not even going to register it because that, it knows that port's supposed to be turned off. Yeah, so it definitely sounds like a managed switch is is a preferred route to go just just from, again, with uptime being the most importance and, and limited resources to try to troubleshoot networking issues. Yes. So I know um, the Stratix 2500 was a, a recent switch that came out, I guess, you know, a couple of years ago. And they they termed that when Rockwell Automation termed that one as a lightly managed switch. So what would be the difference between a lightly managed switch and the, the fully managed switch, perhaps? Um, so some of the differences on the lightly managed switches, well, Rockwell split the difference. Whereas an unmanaged switch has no configuration, no security, you just pull out of the box and use it. A lightly managed switch splits the difference, whereas out of the box, there's little to no configuration with it. However, it does have security features built into it that an unmanaged switch is not. For example, IGMP, which is helps prevent you broadcast storms as well as spanning tree protocols for, for broadcast storms. Those aspects are built into it, whereas an unmanaged switch doesn't have those. And it also has some security features. One of the few things that are programmable on the switch is port lockout. So you can lock out certain ports 
via programming that an unmanaged switch doesn't. However, it is not a fully programmable switch like a managed switch. So it doesn't have the full capabilities and the wide-ranging schemes that a managed switch has. The lightly managed switch only has a very set number of things that are what Rockwell considers extremely important for the plant floor. As I said, for IGMP, it's preloaded with a... Uh, quality of service QoS that goes back to when I said you can set your order of what packets you want to be sent first and uh, what packets you want sent last. Rockwell has a preloaded quality of service order already loaded into the unma- to the lightly managed switch to where your controller data does go first. Video camera data does come last if you have a camera connected to that switch. So they've already preset what they determine is the most important information for uptime, whereas your unmanaged switch isn't going to have that. And your managed switch, you can set the priority. The priority has already been set for you, which is something is beneficial because it's not something you need to worry about when you have a lightly managed switch versus an unmanaged switch because you know Rockwell being a key player in the plant floor space, it knows what's important and what's not. And they've preloaded that information in there for you, so you don't have to worry about it. So if you can't go fully managed switch, then definitely go lightly managed switch. Um, Yes. So another kind of term I I see a lot is a term called access switch, especially in the CPWE design guides. And just out of curiosity, what does that mean? What is an access switch? An access switch is exactly what it means. It gives you access to the network. So if I have a controller, 10 times out of 10, the switch that the controller is plugged into is going to be an access switch. It's giving access for that controller to be on the network. Just like you have an access door to get into a building that gives you access into the building. It's very straightforward on the definition. An access switch gives you access to the network. It is generally the on a network architecture when you're looking at it holistically, level zero through three. Generally, it's going to fall under layers two and lower, so zero through two, just to give something on that level access to the network on the plant floor. Yeah, so layers zero through two or three would typically be the the plant floor. Correct. So um, the Stratex portfolio is Rockwell Automation's portfolio of industrial switches. So explain a little bit about the Stratex line and kind of what makes them different. One of the things that I personally like about the Stratex switch and something I liked right away when I made the switch nine months ago to the OT side is it's the Stratex portfolio switches is built off of the Cisco switch line. And Cisco is a very big name in traditional enterprise networking. Nine times out of 10, if you're looking at a traditional enterprise side, the switch in place is going to be a Cisco switch. So to know that the industrial side for Stratix and Rockwell is built off that platform means it has a very strong, reliable platform that's been around for years and has a very strong reputation. Uh, so it's, it's a very strong, reputable platform is built off of. So you, you know that the Stratix is a good, high-quality product, and that helps make them different. And then what also makes them different is they have a wide variety. Uh, you can get an unmanaged switch, um, you can get a lightly managed switch. You can get multiple different fully managed switches as well as high performance switches. Depending if they have a switch that meets your needs and all of them, like I said, are well, the majority of them are built off the Cisco platform. So it's a reliable platform that the switch is built off of. Yeah. And they're very tightly integrated into the logic system as well as part of the uh, integrator architecture. Yes. So all, all the um, tags from the switches themselves can can come into the logic controller which is uh, really nice for you to monitor your network. 
And using Studio 5000 uh, with add-on profiles, it makes configuring and setting things up very easy and seamless. And since it's a Cisco switch under the hood, you you could still use your Cisco tools to to connect to it and, and configure it as well? Yes. So they have the Cisco command line interface, commonly known as the CLI. It's If anyone's ever opened up uh, a command prompt or had an old DOS machine with the, the green and black typing out and you had to type out exactly what the machine wanted to do, it's essentially the same thing for the switch. And so that's what traditional Cisco switches are used to configure and set up. That is brought over to the Stratix line. So if you have a traditional IT person in your environment, They'll be very familiar, very comfortable with programming your switch with however you want it to function. But also with the Stratix switch, Rockwell knows that most OT people aren't IT people. So they've brought over the device manager, which is a web interface GUI platform with drop downs and checkboxes to help configure the switch as well. So whether you're IT centric and prefer the Cisco interface or you're OT centric and or just give me a drop down and let me select between an automation device or a camera or a very a, a drive, uh, whatever's going to be on that port. You could do it through the drop down and the device manager. So it's very easy and friendly, no matter what side of the world you come on to configure. And truly, the convergence, the ITOT convergence there. Yes. Another, I think another interesting thing with the Stratix line is the faceplates that you can get in 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 the uh, HMI software uh, and panel views as well. So you, so Rockwell has some pre-built faceplates that will that will pull out those tags and visually display them in VUSC as well as uh, panel views. So just walk us through um, choosing a, an access switch or choosing the Stratix switch that we might want to use for an application on the plan floor. The best way to choose one is to truly understand what is going on in each section of the plant and what the end goal is. For example, if I'm an OEM and I'm a machine builder and I'm building a robot for a packaging line. And the only thing I'm building is a robot, but I need a switch in it. I would recommend a 2500 because you don't need the full capability of a fully managed switch like a 5700 or 5400. But you want to have that quality of service order of operations of what information needs to go first. You also would like to have a smaller form factor and you don't need the fully capable high performance of, of a managed switch, I'd recommend the lightly managed switch because you're only building the single robot to work on that line. Now, for the whole line itself, I would recommend a fully managed switch. And depending on what functions of the line, how many tags that line is going to produce off the controller, how many controllers are on the line, then I would look at whether I need the 5700 or a 5400. Uh, generally, for each individual line uh, within a plant, a single 5700 generally can do it. Nine times out of ten, it'll do exactly what you need as far as an access switch. Now, when you're bringing two or three lines together at one point uh, in the control network, then I would look at a higher-end 5700 or a 5400 to help manage all those lines together. So as you're working your way up through the plant floors where your level of switch evolves and upgrades to the lower you are, the lower tier lightly managed or managed switch is where I would start. And then as you work your way up, then I would work my way up the progression of the performance of the manager, the managed switch. All right, good advice. And we should note that we do have a future podcast episode dedicated to layer three switching and distribution switching. So we'll talk about the layer three and the routing capabilities in, a, in another episode. Right. Uh, at that point, you know, that's going, like I said, 
right now we're focusing on layer three and below. Uh, once we get to that layer three point is where we start looking at those truly high performance and distribution switches. But right now, you know, we're focusing on the access switch. So once you get to that point, like I said, that's where you're converging your three, four, five, how many ever lines you have in your plant together. Then we'll start looking at the, the next level of distribution switches at that point. Okay. Well, I think that's going to be a wrap for this episode. I want to thank again our guest, Brandon, for joining us. Well, thank you for having me, Wayne. Uh, my pleasure. And I uh, hope thanks for enlightening us a little bit on the IT side of things. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll definitely have you back in our future episodes. We have, again, several episodes dedicated to industrial networking as we kind of build our way up off the plant floor. So we're just in part two today. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Reynolds Company Industrial Automation Podcast. For support, please see our website, reynoldsonline.com. We are the local Rockwell distributor for a large part of Texas and Southern Louisiana. For those outside of our area, please visit rockwellautomation.com and you can find your local distributor there. Thank you again, and we'll see you in our next episode for part three of Industrial Networking.